following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. This episode of Tip of the Cap Podcast is brought to you by Big O Ceiling. Seal coating blacktop driveways in the Western New York area for over 25 years. Give them a call today at 716-603-9855 to set up your free estimate. The Tip of the Cap Podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap Podcast. I, as always, am Coach Jaws, and I'm here flying solo once again. Uh, you know, dog days of summer, getting guests on is going to be a little bit tougher for the stretch, but I'm going to try to stay consistent and stay on point for you guys to keep the show rolling. As they say, the show must go on. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, I posted a thing on Twitter and Facebook the other day that was talking all about box and some of the weirdest, wildest balk calls that we have ever seen. Um, anytime I post something like that, I want to go and thank everybody who takes the time to tell their story, get their info out there. Uh, there were a lot of really fun ones that came out. Uh, I learned a new word or two such as storking, um, big shout out to that one. Uh, the, you know, the good old, good old storking of a, um, of a, of a pitcher. I have to. I'm still not sure what exactly that means, and judging by the story that came out of it, I don't think the umpire does either. But uh, you know, so that that post, uh, as most of my posts do, come comes from having conversations with people in the baseball world who see weird and wild things. Um, I'd also like to specifically give a shout out to uh, the Western New York umpires and specifically Tom Nagar, who is consistently uh giving me feedback on things he sees me post and stuff like that um specifically trying to answer questions and stuff and posing you know queries that i've posted that i may have and the one thing i have to say is the um the general con so okay so the conversation that was had that kind of predicated that post uh i was talking to a friend of mine um, Coach Kelm for the Niagara Thunderwolves Prospect ID team. He's one of the one of the guys up there that help out with that team. And I, we were told of a situation, or I was he told me of a situation that they saw in their game earlier this week, where the pitcher stepped back off the mound, called timeout. The umpire gave him timeout. Said, "Can I get a new ball?" Umpire handed the ball to the catcher, catcher threw the ball to the pitcher, pitcher threw the other ball back to the catcher, catcher handed it back to the umpire. And the kid, and now the foggy part of this, obviously not having having been there and telling the story somewhat secondhand, uh, I don't know if the um, if the player put the ball down on the mound and scooped up some dirt with both hands, or if the... Uh, if he had the ball in his glove and he scooped some dirt up with one hand and then took his glove off and rubbed both hands on the ball, bottom line, the kid in one way, shape or form took some dirt off the mound and was roughing up the ball a little bit. And to the recollection of the coach telling me the story, the umpire had not put the ball back in play. Uh, So time was still out essentially. And the umpire had not returned the game to playing or, you know, said play ball, pointed, whatever. However, the umpire should choose to do so, he did not do. 
And then he called a balk. Um, first off, couldn't really couldn't and didn't get an explanation. And I don't believe the coaches did either of how exactly or what exactly the balk was called for. And the fact that a balk was called while time was called. Um, both of those things are very interesting. Uh, I would be I would generally be hard pressed to find to not have a conversation to find out what the balk was called for and how he called a balk while time was still out. Uh, and this also predicated a conversation with me and the aforementioned Western New York umpires that said, you know, it, it's something that in like an NCAA play, they harp on umpires about making sure they put the ball or the game. They put like they, they basically put the ball back in play, I guess we'll say. And to the point that uh, I've heard guys have done it where they point to put the ball back in play and the ball was never out of play. Uh, it was never a dead ball. It was never time was never called nothing. So uh, it just became such second nature that uh, there are guys that do it from time to time when they don't even necessarily have to. And, um, you know, it, that that's one of those things that, you know, when you talk about the things that umpires miss, the things that the calls that could go one way or the other, um, you know, it, that's one of those ones that you don't think about, you don't think about like, Oh, well, was the ball in play? And you know, it's one of those things that it's so simple, but could cause so many problems. Uh, and we shared the story of the amount of times that an umpire walks to the front of the plate to dust off the mound and the pitcher comes up, comes set, looks for a sign. And there's just a big old umpire butt in his face, which is always funny. Um, you know, I feel like once a year I see the, the, the point where the the pitcher and catcher are ready to go. Catcher gives a sign. Pitcher comes set and lifts to deliver. And the umpire's off to the side, like writing something down in on his note card or on his lineup cards about a change, about something. And, you know, it's got to be one of those like, whoa, 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 no pitch, no pitch. Ball was not in play kind of thing. Um and it just, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the tips of the trade to prevent the, something like that from happening, which is just, you know, you write down a number in the moment just to get the keep the game moving. And then between innings, you go back and write names in, uh, you know, while teams are warming up and so on and so forth. You know, and it's it's just fun to go and and hear about these little intricate things. Like you hear about them as coaches, you hear about the things that players do between innings themselves or at stoppages, and to hear it from a third aspect. You know, the the um, I've had a couple umpires on over the years of the podcast, and just hearing some of the things that they do to keep them game ready, we'll say, um, is really really interesting to me. And um, you know, the the entirety of the conversation is just really, really fun to have. Uh, and it's, again, I say it every time, it's one of the best parts about baseball and the game thereof. It's just the, the stories, the talking, the, the the having conversations with people and just learning, you know, and, and learning from other people's experiences and other people's stories. Um, and I, after his schedule slows down a bit, I'm going to see if I can get Tom on the show to just to talk some baseball and any other umpires, players, coaches who want to come on. Obviously, I will always have time and room for you guys. Um, something else that I've had the uh, opportunity to do is I've, I've been able to, to work some of the back end production for live broadcasts of the uh, PGCBL or the Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball League that is here in 
the New York, Western New York area, all through the, uh, all through the state, three divisions, multiple teams, specifically through the uh, Niagara Power uh, are, the one, are the games that are broadcast that I get to, or I've had the pleasure of working on, I believe, four of them this year. Uh, and basically just working in the back end of the radio station that broadcasts them, that which is out of Lockport. And, you know, it, what it's done is it's it's allowed me to listen to the games. Um, you know, the, the, the guy who actually does the broadcast play-by-play, they do it on YouTube, and I believe 10 of the games total this year were on WLVL in Lockport. And it's given me the opportunity to just sit back and listen to baseball and just hear a baseball game being played. And I'll tell you, I did not realize, and I'm pre- I may have said this before, but I didn't realize that the the overall talent in the PGCBL is just obnoxious. Um, you know, you're hearing these guys go, oh, next up for the, you know, the Niagara Power is shortstop from Alabama. Oh, he hits the ball to third, third baseman John Smith from Auburn, and you're like, wow. You know, you're thinking these big name schools. You know, there were guys who were rostered to the power, the uh, Batavia Muck Dogs, the Jamestown Tarp Skunks, you know, the the other teams in the league that are like, oh, yeah, well, this is his first game. It's, it, it's the middle of July. Oh, this is his first game because he was with, uh, you know, he, he was playing in the College World Series two weeks ago and, you know, had to get done with that and then, you know, pack up and come to, you know, come to Niagara Falls and everything gets settled and everything. Uh, you know, there were guys who started and went away because they were preparing potentially for the draft. And then, you know, the draft did or did not go their way and they either stayed away or they come back. Uh, but just the level of talent and the amount of players from all over the nation that are in this area playing collegiate baseball. If you haven't had the opportunity to check it out, I highly recommend it. If you have a night off, there is a, a break here. Uh, the Blue Jays are gone after their fantastic run here in Buffalo. Uh, and the Bisons are not coming back right away uh, because obviously they have games already scheduled. So there's going to be a lull here in baseball in Western New York. If you have the opportunity, go to a Niagara Power game, go to a Jamestown Tarp Skunks game, head out to Batavia to watch the Muck Dogs play, and just see some of the high-end national talent that's playing in the Western New York area. Uh, you'll be dumbfounded I because I know I was. Speaking of the Blue Jays, before I move on to anything else, uh, a fun little tweet came out today that said the average attendance in Buffalo for the Blue Jays was 7,738 this season, which beats Miami, Oakland, and Tampa. Miami averaged 6,464, Oakland had 6,861, and Tampa had 7,405. Um, if the world hasn't noticed that Buffalo is a sports town, uh, this is a quantity over quality you know, we are we a big market? No, you know, we are we are not a big market, and that is one of the biggest knocks on Buffalo. Small market, blah blah blah. Nothing to do. Boring town. I'll tell you, there's this city is nothing close to boring. Um, I've heard that the specifically the weekend games for the Bisons were absolutely electric. I got the chance to experience one of them, as I talked about in the episode I did and posted on Monday. Um, you know, if there's ever been a reason or a time to show that, you know, bring a bring a sports, a sport, a pro sports team to Buffalo, uh, we will get behind it. Uh, and I think if there's ever been a time to put the movement of bring a pro pro baseball team to Buffalo, it's now, 
you know, we just proved that we love it. And, you know, we we beat three major markets with professional stadiums with our quote unquote small market and our triple A stadium and a debatably outdated and small triple A stadium. So um, bring professional baseball to Buffalo, bring bring MLB baseball to Buffalo. Let's get it done. That being said, um, some interesting things have have come afoot uh, in my conversations with people. I had the opportunity to see. So Monday after the uh, after my after I recorded the episode, uh, I went out, did production for my last Niagara Power game, and then I drove to Sheridan Park to play the remainder of my summer league game in the Buffalo MSBL. I fly down there as, you know, fast and safe as I can. And, you know, from Lockport to Sheridan Park. And I pull up, I get my stuff out of the truck, I walk up and I'm getting, you know, putting my baseball pants on, getting ready to play. And for the first time this year, there was a softball game happening on the diamond next to us. And while that's happening, there is just a ruckus. And in that ruckus, you suddenly see a parent get ejected. Okay, it happens. And from that point on, I proceeded, in, like, I, I, I got to our game, my game, in the top of the sixth and was hurrying to get my, my you know, my baseball pants on, get ready, grab my batting gloves. You know, I was told I was going to get a pinch hit right then and almost, almost right then and there uh, for a guy who was coming up probably three or four deep in the order from where we were. And he ended up being on deck when the last out of the sixth was recorded. So I got some extra time to get myself together and kind of loosen up the the old legs. But in that time that I was standing there between that, between getting there and starting to get dressed and my actual at bat in the top of the seventh, five or six parents of the softball game got ejected. And it was, it was interesting because when one of the fathers was walking off and if this is your team, um, I, first off, I didn't take note of the two teams playing, specifically because it didn't matter. Um, and also because I knew if I was going to talk about it, I didn't, even if I knew I wasn't going to say the names because I'm not trying to call any program team or organization out on any of this. Um, and if you're a parent on one of these two teams, um, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. It's just kind of a thing to think about. Uh, as an outsider, I, I hear this father as he's walking away from the diamond, he gets probably 10 to 15 feet past third base to walk toward the parking lot. And he turns back and yells back to the umpire. Thank you for ruining my daughter's night. Now I understand frustration with umpires. I understand frustration of bad calls. I understand all of it been in and around the game a long time. This is my, this was my 15th year coaching. So that's my 15th year as a coach. Uh, I understand it from a playing standpoint. I've been playing since T-ball. I still play to this day, have not missed a single season, and I get it. You know, there are days the umpires are bad. There's days that the umpires are okay, but you're having a bad day, so the umpire being just okay isn't quite good enough. Uh, the, the game I should have been ejected as or ejected from as a player, which I believe I told the story of way back in the early days of the podcast, um, you know, that wasn't the umpire. That was me. That was me being frustrated and being being annoyed as a player in my performance. And the umpire made, in my opinion, a bad call. And I lost it on him. You know, it happens. And I can tell you, looking back, I did not look good that day. 
Uh, but as a parent walking off the field who's already done enough to get ejected, and I didn't, I didn't see what happened to get ejected. I don't know what any of the issues were, what any of the causation of the ejections were. But this one father stops and looks back and yells out loud for everyone to hear on not only the softball diamond that they're playing on, but on the baseball diamond that we're playing on. I'm glad. Thank you for ruining my daughter's night. The real question is, at this age, and it could be anywhere between 12 and probably 14 or 15 U, depending, I, I again, I don't know, but did an umpire really ruin your daughter's night or like despite the bad umpiring, the bad calls, whatever it may have been, is watching her parent, even if that did, okay, so even if that did ruin her night, is watching her parent storm off and throw a temper tantrum fixing that or making that any better? Or is it is it having no effect? No, it's probably making it worse because at some point, you're going to sit and like, oh, my God, Dad, just stop. Okay, you're done. Like, you got to just, okay, just stop. Just stop. And, you know, and I think that can be said across the board. Um, you know, I understand ejections. I understand there's a time and a place. And I do believe that. I do believe there is a time and a place in the game for a coach or a manager to get ejected. I don't know that there's ever a spot for a parent to get ejected unless it's an absolute safety issue. You know, if you're if an umpire is allowing a team to do something so incredibly unsafe that it's putting the health and well-being of a team or a player or players in harm's way, um, you know, then maybe I could see a parent getting ejected. But in the realm of of sports, especially youth sports, I don't know if there's ever a great time for a player to get ejected. Um, I do know that there is a, a time and a place for a coach or manager to get ejected, and I will always stand on that. Um, you know, I, I will, I will, I will stand on that hill alone if I have to, but you know, for a, a, for all parent to get ejected, that's, that's a, for six, five or six. That was, a, that was a lot. And, you know, this is just me kind of calling for parents to understand, like, you're going to sit there and, and, and complain about umpires. You're going to complain about officiating. You're going to complain about coaching sometimes while sitting on the sideline and not being willing to do it yourself, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things that I, I think we need to do as a society is either, listen, we, we have an umpire shortage. Um, whether you want to believe it or not, I, I just saw some games being moved around for a tournament this weekend because of umpire conflicts. Um, I can tell you that there was a game on Tuesday that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be played. I don't, I don't know if they played or not because of the weather, but, as of Monday night, they only had one umpire. It was an, it was an adult. It was an adult league game. It was a, a a grown men league with one umpire. I don't remember the last time I played a game with one umpire who stood behind the who stood behind uh, the pitching mound and tried to call a game. I mean, they do that for modified. They had to do it sometimes for JV this year because of the umpire shortage. Part of that is because nobody wants to take the verbal abuse, and we all understand nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, you know, but we're not willing to let that go in even the most meaningless of games. And I mean, I've I've seen in the last five or six years, I've seen umpires chased off fields, threatened by parents in the parking lot. I watched a good friend of mine walk off the field getting absolutely berated by a player while he was walking with his young, probably three year old son. 
like holding his three-year-old's hand walking away and a, a, a senior on a senior who just had his his season end is I should kick your ass you suck f you f this you're and everything under the sun and then we sit there and like what do you mean there's no umpires what do you mean nobody wants to umpire well I mean would you and if you do then do it if you don't then maybe we need to take a step back and not be so damn harsh on these people because eventually if no one wants to umpire what are we going to do uh, eventually leagues are going to die because no one's going to want to play for and not have an umpire. I mean, either that or it's going to be bring your own, which it, I can't imagine that being any better. You know, a, a guy who's not affiliated with either team comes and umpires now and we berate him and all of a sudden there's not enough umpires to go around. So now it's going to be, oh, we have our own. Uh, we like we have people like a couple parents who want to do it. So they're going to volunteer, be our team's umpires because yeah, calling balls and strikes when your kid's the one pitching or your kid's the one at the plate probably makes a whole lot of sense. But I mean, eventually that's where we're going to be going. It, Cause the, I mean, even when you have good umpires going, I don't know how much more I can take of this. I'm either going to a higher level or I'm done. Uh, it's tough, you know, and it's going to, it's not going to fix the problem of the umpire shortage. Um, at the other end, and I'm going to tell this story. It came to, it was brought to my attention uh, in the New York, uh, in the PGCBL. A game was played, and an umpire made a ruling error. Uh, there was a pitcher who got ejected for arguing balls and strikes, and the general ruling on this, from my understanding, is that much like in the case of an injury, there is the the caveat that a pitcher coming in for an ejection or an injury has unlimited warm-up pitches before they restart the game. Obviously, we do that because if you get if a player gets ejected or a player gets hurt, you probably weren't warming someone up in the process because you're like, ah, you know what? On pitch 42, my man's getting my man's gonna go down with an arm injury. Uh, you know, on pitch on pitch 27, he's gonna tweak his hamstring and not be able to do it. Uh, you know, pitch four, he's going to have a rocket hit back at his shin and he's not going to be able to, you know, to to drive off that leg anymore. Or, you know, pitch 55, that dude's going to start arguing balls and strikes and get run. Uh, we probably don't have a guy in the bullpen getting loose for that. So you're allowed as many as you need to get ready, because one of the biggest things, especially in a league such as this, you don't want to hurt somebody. You know, you don't want somebody to not have the time to warm up, not have the time to get properly equipped to play the game. And then they hurt themselves. Well, the umpire made the mistake and limited him to eight. And the coach for the team that was in the field came out to discuss it with him. And what ensued was coaches, the manager, other coaches, and a good slew of a good handful of players all getting ejected because the umpire made a mistake in a rule. And eventually what the umpire ended up having to do with the, and I, I did see some footage of it. It wasn't the most, it wasn't the prettiest of things, but it was, they ended up, the umpire ended up calling the game in honor and essentially in the moment called the forfeit. Like, that's it. You're done. Your team is done. It's over. And it was a tie game at the time in the last inning. Uh, and the team that ended up losing on the forfeit in the moment was, had been down big and stormed back and ended up forcing a, a the bottom of the ninth to be played. And then the game ends that way. 
and that's tough. And like, and I understand. I try, and this is one of the ones that I get being in the heat of the moment. Um, but it's at some point, someone in that realm has to kind of step up and be the one to to hey, um, we're in a tie ball game here with a chance to win it or a chance to push extra innings. Like, we need enough guys to keep playing. So at some point, someone's got to stop. And I was told, and I don't know how, how official this is, but I was told that the official ruling ended up coming back, that they ruled it as suspended play, which means the game went reverted back to the last completed inning, which the team that would have won via forfeit then wins because of just a straight-up score, as if the ninth inning did not happen. Therefore, the game was played completed, eight innings, final score, two-run two win for the team that had been in the lead most of the day. Uh, same result, different control, essentially, that got it to that point. However, um, definitely an interesting turn of events and uh, probably one of the first times I've seen the if you don't stop, the, like your team is done and actually like had it happen. I've heard it once or twice. I've heard of a game or two having to be called because of rowdy parents. Uh, I'm pretty sure the worst one I ever heard of was a uh, a, t- a nine and ten year old game where the they got three innings into the game. It was a semifinal, I believe, in a little league game, um, and they basically ended up just calling the game where it was. The league ruled that. The game would be restarted with absolute with just the players and coaches. No fans were allowed at the game. I actually was the one who umpired the continuation. It was really nice. It was super quiet. Um, not a single person said a word because it was. Uh, it, was it ended up being me and the little league's uh, umpire coordinator. We'll call him. And so, like me and the, me at probably fifteen, and the guy who ran the umpires for the league. And we, we came out for ground rules. I was the guy behind the plate, but he took the ground rules and he said, if anyone says a word in relation to the umpiring in any way, shape or form, that team forfeits and the game is over. No questions asked. This is your warning to have to do that. A nine, not a nine and 10 year old game was pretty tough, but that was the quietest, most well-respected game I've ever played because nobody wanted to be the guy that complained about the umpiring and cost their kid a semifinal game, even at that age, because we all know how much those plastic trophies mean to everybody, you know, even a year or two after they're won. So that being said, um, it's definitely interesting. And I would love to bring in other people to tell more stories like these, um, you know, because you you definitely don't want to be, as my good friend, Big Diesel would say, you don't want to be that guy um, that that ends up being famous for the wrong reason, especially in, in the realm of youth sports, but, um, you know, I teach their own, I suppose. And sometimes you gotta, I think you just got to pick your fights and do it in a respectful way. Again, uh, and this is also a call for anybody who wants to come out and be an umpire by all means. I know, I know they can use the help. Um, having talked to a few guys that I'm friends with and whatnot. So if you want to be an umpire and make some money and, uh, help, you know, be, part of the solution instead of being part of the problem you know call your uh call the western umpire association and see what you got to do to get in get certified and get ready to go uh that'll about do it for me here guys thank you again for tuning in i know this is quick back-to-back episodes one monday one thursday uh the one monday was supposed to be last thursday but i figured i'd wait till after going to the blue jays game to give a report on that uh 
super classy move with the Blue Jays thanking Buffalo. Uh, I don't know if you've seen their social media, but go check it out there. As, as, as excited as they are to go back to the Rogers Center and play in their home field, their actual home stadium, with their actual home crowd and their home amenities, that is how thankful and um, appreciative they have been of the city of Buffalo and the accommodations they had while they were here. And I believe it could also, you know, you can also see a lot of the guys that play on the Jays have come out and said how awesome the crowds were, how fantastic the community is in this area. So big, big time, uh, well, big time tip of the cap to them for the class, uh, the classy exit that they are making here from the the city of Buffalo. That'll about do it for me, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Tip of the Cap, is all, as always, is part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com, tip-of-the-cap. You can find it by just searching Tip of the Cap on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast hosting, hosting apparatus that you may use. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, and on Facebook by searching Tip of the Cap. Um, you can join the Tip of the Cap, Cap group. That is not nearly as active as the Tip of the Cap page. Uh, the Tip of the Cap group is a T-shirt with the Tip of the Cap logo on it. The actual logo is for the actual page itself. Like, follow, share, subscribe. That follow me on Twitter at Tip of the Cap Pod, uh, and you know, take part in the conversation on the things I post, the discussion posts. Those aren't about me. Those are about getting you guys out there, getting you guys talking and sharing stories, telling stories. The best part about being in the baseball community is the conversation and the people that you get to turn to look to and learn from. Again, guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, this has been Tip of the Cap, and we'll catch you guys next week.